I asked you the question last, last week as we started this series, this, the life-giving church. What kind of church do you want to be? What kind of church do we want to be? And when we say what kind of church we want to be, you know, when we take that a step further, we really are asking ourselves, what kind of person do I want to be? Because the church is not a building. The church is a people. It's you. It's me all stepping out and doing what God has called us to do. And to be a life-giving church, it takes a ton of intentionality. Let's unpack this one more time. Why are we here? To give glory to God by following Jesus, right? That's our mission. How is that possible? We celebrated communion today. It's possible because Jesus died for us on the cross and he rose again. What did Jesus ask us to do? He asked us to follow him and lead others to do the same, right? And so a life-giving church becomes mature when they give away what they've been given. We've been given away life, so we want to give life away, right? A life-giving church is a generous church. We talked about that last week. And if you missed that message, I encourage you to go online or jump in the app and check it out. But this week, we're going to talk about how a life-giving church is a life-sharing church. That I'm going to share my life with others. I love what it says in 1 Thessalonians. It says, I, we didn't just share with you the gospel of God, but we shared with you our lives as well. And that's the goal, that, we, that if we're going to give life as a church, then it can't just be the programs and the events and the things that we do here at Mosaic, which are fun and awesome. Man, Wednesday, just if, if, you, if you aren't thinking about coming yet, you need to be here. And you might say, I don't have kids. Hey, come. Just come hang out, drink some cider, hot chocolate, get an apple cider donut. Yes, I said donut in the evening, which is always awesome. How many of you just like to be rebels and eat breakfast at night sometimes? Come on, somebody. How many of you know there's no bad time for a donut? Come on. And so, man, we'll have popcorn, we'll have donuts, we'll have cookies, uh, we'll have, um, you know, all the fall drinks, no pumpkin spice lattes. Sorry, guys. All you pumpkin spice people just need to simmer down a little bit. But um, it's going to be an amazing night, inflatables, uh, games. Uh, it's going to be great. So anyway, we need to be life givers giving it away. It's not just about the programs. It's about you sharing your life and what God has done in you with others. And so we talked about how there's two areas where this is fleshed out the most, our finances and our calendars. Last week, we covered the finances. So from here on out, let's talk about our calendars, our priorities, our lives. We give life when we are faithful to God's word in our generosity, in our lifestyle, and in our mission. In our generosity, in our lifestyle, and our mission. So we're talking about our lifestyle today. Acts 20, 24, Paul said, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling, underline that word in your notes, telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. So it's the most important thing in his life. I believe it should be the most important thing in our lives. But here's where the tension comes in. Because it's that telling, telling others that we're going to talk about today. And some of you probably are already freaking out at even the thought of sharing your faith. You say, Joe, I know that you get up there on Sundays and you tell other people about Jesus. That's your job. I bring the people, you tell them, <laughs> right? But 
Actually, Jesus gave us all the mission to be tellers. Every single person in this room, every single Christ follower on the face of the planet, we get to tell others. One thing that I've learned as a pastor over the years is that people don't mind hearing other people talk about faith, which is why you're all here today. Not just for the sermon, but you like to get together with people. You like to hear God's word. It, it fills you up. It energizes you. And so, hey, it's, it's pretty comfortable to sit and listen and to somebody else talk about faith. It's another thing, though, when you talk about faith yourself. And I know this from sitting around the circle and in life groups over the years and in small group environments that, that the moment it comes to your turn to talk out loud about what God is doing in your life, something happens and it's like, ah, I'm not sure I know what to say, right? Part of the struggle, not all of it, some of us are just shy and we don't like to talk, right? But part of the struggle is that our society has bought into an idea that our faith is private. And because our society has bought into this idea that our faith is supposed to be this private thing that is just between you and God and, and no one else, we didn't necessarily grow up talking about it all the time, maybe as we should. And so what happens? What happens is we have these two extremes. You either don't talk about it at all. You know, it's kind of like religion and politics. You just, you just don't talk about it in public. Or you're a fanatic street preacher picketing and carrying signs with a bullhorn, bullhorn yelling at everybody. Maybe you literally take a soapbox out and you stand on it and you just start yelling. And unfortunately, those are the only two pictures that a lot of people have. And it's like, if, if, man, Joe, if you expect me to be one of those fanatical people telling other people all the time about my faith, I just don't know. And I just want to encourage you today that there's a better way. There's a better way. Can I promise you that it doesn't involve opening your mouth? No. Can't. But there's a better way than those two extremes. And so a close look at scripture is, that we're going to do today shows that your whole life tells a story, not just your words, your whole life. And so let's look today. How do we share our story in a life giving way? So if we want to be a life giving church, we want to share our story in a life giving way. So number one today, fill it in in your notes on your seats or open up the app. The notes are there as well. We're going to share our story with our priorities. This is where the calendar comes in. We're going to share our story with our priorities. Think about this question. Let's get introspective here for a moment. If someone only had your calendar to look at, assuming you keep one, and if you don't keep a calendar, just imagine that all of the events of your life over the past few months were actually written on the calendar. How many of you, you got the, you got the day planner, but there's nothing in it. You just never, or you got the calendar app on your phone, but there's nothing in it because it's all up here. And so, Hey, if you're one of those people, that doesn't mean you're exempt from what I'm about to say, right? You've got a calendar. You just don't fill it in because we all have the same number of days and moments and minutes in our life. And so if somebody only had your calendar to look at, what would they say are your priorities? Think about it. Now, you, think about it this way. Your life 
and how you live it day to day is someone's front row seat. Now, there's some areas of life where you don't want a front row seat, like at the movie theater. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a big premiere. Everybody's going. Remember those days when like everybody would go to the theater and there'd be a line just to get in and you want to get there early so that you don't have to sit where? All the way in the front on the side. And you're looking at the screen like this. Yeah, nobody wants to sit there for that. But then there's, there's some of those concerts where you want to be right up front. So you could see the expressions on their face. So you could see what's going on on the stage. And so that's the kind of front row seat that we we're talking about today, right? Someone has a front row seat to your life, your coworkers, your kids, the people that know you the most. Somebody does, even those people that don't know you, but they're watching you every single day. The question is, what are they watching? And what if they were watching through your life, a movie about what God could do in their life? What if they could be watching this story of how God could be working in and through you through every single aspect of your life? How would you steward that responsibility? See, many times we don't think about it like this because we compartmentalize. We've got our Sunday life, and then we've got the rest of our life. We've got our religious times, and then we have our normal times. But Jesus never intended it that way. He intended for every single moment of your life to be on mission and on purpose. And so what are you going to do with that? If one of the ways that you share your story is with your priorities, how are you going to steward your priorities? I love what John Maxwell says. He says, successful people don't allow unimportant things in their life to become important. Successful people don't allow the unimportant things in their lives to become important. And conversely, they don't allow the important things to become unimportant. Right? Our priorities really, really matter. They say a lot about our life. And I want to encourage you that, that thinking about your priorities like you're doing now, because some of you are thinking about your schedule and you're thinking about, man, what if somebody looked at my calendar? What would they say? Right? This isn't something that you do once a year. This isn't something that you just do every once in a while. It's a daily practice of evaluating and reevaluating it. And you're honing and you're, you're thinking about not just what is on the calendar, but how you're interacting with it. Now, some of you are thinking, Joe, what am I supposed to do? Just, just cross everything off my calendar? Just, just put church everywhere? No, that's not what I'm talking about. We're talking about more the how of what you do. Now, I do think that there are some things that you just need to block in your calendar that are just non-negotiables, like a priority to be in community, be a part of a church. Does that mean that there's going to be seasons that are busier? Yeah, that, that, and that's okay. I'm not getting on you. But hey, you and you alone know if it's really, really a priority in your life. Listen, what gets scheduled gets done, right? The only other option when, when it comes to your priorities is to coast. And Jesus doesn't want you to do that. I don't know about you, but when it comes to the priorities in my life, I don't want to just be busy and have a lot, a lot of activity without accomplishment. I want to inject purpose into whatever I'm doing. I want to be growing every day. 
That's why I read things. I want to be adding value. That's why I try to be an encourager. I want to be somebody who gives life that when I walk in the room and when I interact with people, whether I'm at sports or at school or at work or wherever I am, that, you know, try to lift it a little bit. You know, sometimes I notice myself just being kind of a downer, just talking about the things that are kind of tough. No, I, and then I'm like, no, man, I want to turn around and, and be a life giver. I want to be somebody that in my priorities, I've got a bigger priority. Can I get an amen? Whether you're at, at the sporting event, man, I spent the entire day yesterday at the soccer field, right? And... A lot of times I'm just praying, God, give me, give, me, give me an opportunity to just have a conversation. And sometimes it happens and sometimes it don't, it doesn't, but it's in my mind. Whether I'm at the neighborhood event, you know, walking down the street, making conversations, I have to remember that I, as a follower of Christ, you as a follower of Christ, we minister in three directions. We minister to the Lord, first and foremost, we serve him. We minister to each other here in the body of Christ. We serve each other, we love each other, we take care of each other. And we minister to unbelievers, those that are outside of the family of God, being an example of what happens to a life when it's touched by Jesus. Amen? Listen, people may disagree with you and what you believe and and maybe the direction of your life, but if you are consistent and you're kind, if your priorities are really your priorities and you live those out in a kind and a consistent way, guess what? Their hearts may remain open. They may remain open. When they see that there's a bigger priority underneath the surface priorities of your life, you know, the, the work and the, the, the hobbies, when they see that there, man, there's something different. There's something underneath that. There's something bigger. That I'm not just trying to be the best doctor or teacher or lawyer or tradesman or salesman or manager that I could be. But that my schedule and my priorities are a vehicle for Jesus's message in my life. Let's look at what scripture says. First Thessalonians 4.12. It says, make it your goal. All right? a great word for priority, something that I'm striving for, something that I'm putting in the front of my life. Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands, just as we instructed you before. Then people who are not believers will respect the way you live and will not need to depend, and you will not need to depend on others. Wow. How many of you expected Paul to say, hey, you need to get out there and just start preaching? And Paul says, hey, live a quiet life. Mind your own business. Be a good example. People will re- then respect you. Live with the right priorities. Colossians 4, 5 through 6 says, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Man, I love that verse because what does it tells me? that in all my priorities, in my calendar, there's a deeper priority. There's a bigger priority underneath the surface priority that I might be working, I might be living, I might be just having a casual conversation, but there's something bigger at work because I want my conversation to be gracious and attractive. I wanna build influence. I wanna be wise in my relationships with unbelievers. 
1 Corinthians 9, 19. Man, this is an amazing couple chapters and I encourage you to, to go and read the whole thing when you get home or, or during your devotions this week. But 1 Corinthians 9, 19, Paul says, even though I'm a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. <clears throat> you know what Paul did for a living? He was a tent maker. He had a job. He many times would, would say that, hey, I'm not taking money for my ministry. I'm just going to provide for myself. Why? So that he was sure that people would know that he wasn't in it for the money. And so what does that tell me? That it doesn't matter what my job is. It matters the condition of my heart and what my priorities are really set on. And it doesn't matter if I'm, I'm doing a job that is like, oh, my dream job and I want to do this thing for the rest of my life. No, it means that, hey, beneath the priority of putting food on the table, there's a bigger priority of being a blessing. First Corinthians 9, 22 through 23. He says, yes, I try to find common ground with everyone doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Wow. Think about your interactions. Is your priority more to get across your point? Is your priority more to be right? Is your priority more uh, to, to make sure that everybody knows where you stand? Or is it to find common ground doing everything that you possibly can do to point them to the good news, to share Jesus. 1 Corinthians 10, 33 and 11, 1. Paul said, I too try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that many may be saved. And you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Wow. So what's your priority? What's your priority? Is it just advancement in your career? Is it just stockpiling wealth? Is it just, what is it? Is it just making sure that people know you're there? Or is it in whatever you do, the underlying priority is to lead people to Jesus because that's what it means to share your story with your priorities. Number two, if we're gonna be a life-giving, a life-sharing church, then we need to share our story with our purity. This is not gonna be a popular topic. But let's look at what God's word says in Titus chapter two. Verses 11 through 14. He says, For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. Man, can we get an amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus has offered salvation to everyone. This is the gospel. But then listen, it says, And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. This is where a lot of times we're like, wah, wah, wah. It's like, seriously, I can't have Jesus and eat my cake too, right? No, it's like, yes, you've been offered salvation. Now it's time to turn. 
from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God while we look forward to the hope that one, uh, with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us and to make us his, his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. Share your story with your purity. So Jesus saves us, he redeems us, and then what? We turn from our past life, we turn from the sin. There's a difference in how we live now than there was before we followed Jesus. See, that I believe is the biggest problem. You know, people talk about the problems, you know, in the church or the problems in our country or the problems in our world or the problems in our life. You know what I think the biggest problem is when we say we believe one thing, but we live a different way. Because the most powerful thing on the planet is somebody that says they're following Jesus and then actually follows Jesus. Most important, most powerful thing you could ever do is share your story with your purity. Why is this true? Because influence is built over the long haul, but it can be lost in a second. And too many times as Christians, we don't value, steward, or protect our influence. And how do we do that? We, we don't steward it very well when we live like the devil even though we say we're following Jesus. When we indulge in everything that everybody else indulges in, and yet say our life is dedicated to him. Why? Because those who don't follow Christ, they look at our lives and they say, there's nothing different. There, I don't see a change in their life other than that one day a week they go to church. Listen. Your purity, doing the right thing, doing what Jesus says is the most important investment that backs up your story. God is gracious, right? He's huge. His love for us is massive. We talked about that in our last series, but that doesn't mean that we continue to wallow in sin. We run from it. We turn from it. Listen, your performance and whether you do great or not doesn't change God's grace or love for you. If you've messed up, if you've slipped back into a life of sin, man, if you've crashed and burned in your walk with God, guess what? Jesus still loves you. You can't change that by your performance. And so your performance doesn't change God's grace or love, but your purity is a great testimony and witness of its power. But when we fail to live pure lives, and we all do, me included. But when it's not that big of a priority, when we take it flippantly and we're not just hard charging after holiness and after living like Jesus and, and, and just trying to get all the crud out of our life and live for God, when we fail, it affects your testimony adversely, especially when people have begun to trust you as a leader. There needs to be a difference in our life. We have to look different than the rest of the world, Christian. Man, if you're new with this and you're not following Christ, this part isn't for you. We've got to look different. 
Romans 6, 1 through 2. Paul said, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it any longer? Titus 3, 3 through 7 says, once, meaning past tense, once we too were foolish and disobedient. Can I get an amen? I feel like that was, you know, one day this last week, right? We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy and we hated each other. That's kind of how the world looks right now, right? Hating each other and full of corruption and, and just, man, it's, it's easy to spot. But, underline that. But when, our, when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Man, these passages of scripture show us just this difference that I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was stuck in sin, but now I'm trying my best through the Holy Spirit's power to get out of it and live a clean life, right? And so I want to encourage you, and I'm not trying to heap shame. Hey, guess what? I still struggle. I'm not perfect. I mess up. But I'm working my tail off so that my selfishness doesn't sabotage my testimony. And that's what I want to challenge you with too. I am not propping myself up. But as a church, we've got to take it seriously. And not be flippant about it. Not be flippant about sin. Not treat it like our little pet. But get serious about living a holy life. So don't sabotage your story with your selfishness. Clean out the closet of your life. Man, if there's things you need to get rid of, get rid of it. Man, if there's a commitment that you need to make, make it. If there's something you need to be honest about, get honest with the right people. Bring that out into the light so God can bring times of healing and refreshing in your life. Number three, the third way that we share our story we share it last but not least with our words, right? Now, don't get me wrong. There's probably going to be a time in your life where you're talking to somebody and you're out in the community or, um, you know, you're, you know, you're sitting on the proverbial airplane and, and there, there's that moment where you're never going to see this person again and, and the Holy Spirit just puts on your heart, hey, it's time to share your story. And in that moment, you need to be obedient. And there might be other moments in your life where it's like, I need to share my story right now. And guess what? Listen to the Holy Spirit. But many, many, many times in your life, you're going to build a relationship first. You're going to build a relationship first and people are going to watch you and you're going to do life together. And they're, they're going to be looking to see if what you say you believe is actually fleshed out in your life. And so here's what Peter said. 1 Peter 3, 15 through 16. He said, instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. 
What does that mean? Live a pure life. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. And so are you going to have to talk about Jesus? Yeah. Be ready. Be ready, though. How can you get ready? Here's here's just some points. Write these down. Pray for opportunities. Pray and eagerly desire. If you say, Joe, man, that is the scariest thing that has ever happened in my life. Guess what? If you pray about it, if you ask God for opportunities, if you, if you are making a matter of prayer every single day, God, help me be ready to share my story. Guess what? When the time comes, the Holy Spirit is going to equip you and fill you with the power and the words needed to share it in the right way. Being gentle and respectful and kind and full of grace and mercy. Another thing I want to encourage you to do is know your audience. What did Paul say? He said, I've become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. So know the people you're talking to, know what's going on in their life, know what might trigger or set them off and just share the gospel. Share the gospel. Share what Jesus has done in your life. You can never go wrong. What's another way that we can be ready? Write it down. I encourage you, if you've never done this before, go home and write your testimony down. If you can't put it in words on a page, then you're probably not ready to speak it out of your mouth to somebody. And some of you have never thought about it that much before. And so how about some homework? Go home and write it down. Write down how you felt, what you were into before Christ. Man, how you woke up to the fact that you needed Jesus, that there really was a a God in heaven who sent his one and only son to earth to, to live a perfect life, to lay his life down for you on the cross. And that moment you realized that you were a sinner that needed a savior. Write it down, your personal experience about how you submitted your life to his will and gave your life to Christ because it was the only next thing that you could do It was the only right choice that you could make. And then I encourage you to practice. And you're like, seriously, Joe? This is getting kind of strange. No, practice. Imagine, yeah, you man, use that commute. You're riding down the road and and you're talking to your imaginary friend in in the passenger seat, telling them your story. Practice. Consider your audience. Put it in words they're going to understand. You don't have to speak King James when you tell your story. Can I get an amen? Amen. Just talk like you talk. Talk like you're talking to a friend. Be normal. The world has plenty of weird. Just be normal. Just be yourself. Be yourself. And then last but not least, how can you share your story last but not least with your words? I cannot overemphasize preparation. And the biggest thing that you can do to prepare, to share your story with your words, is to seek daily, every single day, to be filled with and to live by the Holy Spirit. Listen, you are not enough. I'm not enough. My words, my story, my life, it will never be enough. It won't. 
I need and you need the touch of the Holy Spirit in your life to, for the right words at the right moment that will break the chains and, uh, uh, that, that, that are around people's hearts and in people's lives. You're not enough. And so don't stop every single day. L listen to what Jesus told his disciples in John 14, 26. He says, but when the Father sends the advocate, my representative, as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. And so when you get up every day, Jesus, fill me with your spirit today. I need you today. Fill me fresh and anew. I, I don't, I don't want to live off yesterday's, you know, whatever you did in my life then. God, I need, a, I need a fresh filling of your Holy Spirit today so that when I walk out of this house, I've got the right words at the right time for the right people. And then you just trust that when that moment comes that you need to open your mouth, Jesus is going to be right there with you. And the Holy Spirit is going to remind you. How many of you need reminders? Come on. <laughs> it's like, oh man, if I didn't have these notes, I'd be up a creek without a paddle. The Holy Spirit is going to be with you at that time. And so I want to encourage you. How desperately are you seeking? How desperately are you wanting to be used in this way. And I would just encourage you, you know, as we go back to that question we said at the beginning, what kind of church do we wanna be? What kind of life do you wanna live? I don't know about you, but I wanna live a life on purpose, on mission, for the cause of Christ. Because Christ loved me so much that he laid down his life in my place. And the least that I can do is to turn around and do the same for him. That every moment of every day and every priority of my life, God, I wanna put you right in the middle of it. God, as I, as I do relationships out in the community, God, as I speak to my brothers and sisters in Christ here at church, God, I wanna be living out this priority of being a life giver, of being somebody that is imitating Christ. Help me, Jesus, because I know that I'm not enough. I need your Holy Spirit to, to give me the right words, to give me the right thoughts, God, to, to, to speak a word of wisdom or knowledge through me. Help me, Lord, as we depend on you. Because it's only when you place life inside of us, God, that we'll be able to then give life away. And so help us to give away what we've been given and to give it away generously as we share our story with others through our priorities, God through our purity and with our words. If you're here today, if you could just bow your heads and close your eyes. If, if you're here today and you say, Joe, I wanna follow Jesus today. Maybe you've been coming for a while. Maybe this is your first Sunday. And whether it was through a song or through the message or through a verse that we read or, or man, you've just come to the realization today that you need Jesus and, and you wanna begin a relationship with him. You wanna start living your life for him instead of yourself because you've realized he's real and he really loves you and he's got a plan for your life. And if that's you today, you wanna to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ, just raise your hand. I'd love to pray with you today. Amen. Anybody else? Yes. Amen. That's awesome. You could put your hands down. Man, 
thanks for raising your hand. And I just encourage you right now at your seat to pray a prayer, inviting Jesus to be the Lord of your life. The Bible says, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead and you will be saved. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You put your faith in Christ, you declare him as Lord of your life and you'd begin a new journey. The Bible says you're a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And so right now in your seat, I encourage you to pray that prayer in your own words. Commit your life to Christ. Amen. Amen. God, we're so thankful for the lives that you're changing in this moment. God, for the deep work that you're doing in, in their hearts as you take the, the sin and you throw it as far as the east is from the west. Thank you, Jesus, for your forgiveness in our life. And now, God, I pray that you help each of these people that are giving their lives to you today to walk in freedom, to make the hard decisions they're going to have to make to follow you and put you first in their life. If you gave your life to Jesus today, we have a, a gift for you in the lobby after service. There's a, a bag that we'd love to get in your hand if you go to the Welcome Center. And there's a Bible in there and just some other resources for you. We'd love for you to take that. Second challenge today, if you want to say, Joe, I want to be somebody who shares life through my priorities, through my purity, and my words. And hey, God's challenging me today to step up and do this at a new level. If that's you, just raise your hand with me as we pray closing prayer. God, I thank you for every single person in this room that is saying, hey, I want to share my story on another level. God, I want you to get deep into my priorities. God, I want you to get deep into my life. God, I want to clean out the closet. I want to start sharing Jesus with my words. I want to start inviting my friends to church. I want to start um, uh, telling my story when, when, when you ask me. I surrender. We surrender, God, to your will in this area of our life. Help us to be good stewards of the light that you've given us and the message that we're sharing with our lives as we seek to be a life-sharing church. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks for joining us online at Mosaic Church. We hope today's message was life-changing and useful. For more info, visit mosaiccincinnati.com.